This is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where every week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we discuss what's going on in our business. Plus, we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week, we'll be talking to Suresh Dakshina, CEO of Chargeback Gurus. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce ASB Cash, the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. With ASB Cash, you'll have the chance to earn as much as 20% of our broker commission, referring sellers and buyers to us at Adult Site Broker. Check our website at asbcash.com for more details. First of all today, let's cover some of the news going on in our industry. Today is day two of the three-day virtual Why Not Summit. Today's featured sessions include two times for speed networking, finding help for your coding and its challenges by Philip at Quantox, a panel on bankable tactics for affiliates, a state-of-the-industry panel, maximizing revenue with your own adult affiliate program, building a culture of diversity and inclusion in adult, How to Get Leads from Facebook by social media expert Jason Hunt, and a live movie screening and interview with star Anna Fox and director Ricky Greenwood. Yesterday, I was honored to do a session on buying and selling websites. You can view the session in the archives area of the Why Not Summit website, which is located at whynotsummit.com, where the summit is being held. The summit concludes tomorrow. The Free Speech Coalition has updated its response to the new COVID-19 safe-at-home public health orders issued for L.A. County that recently went into effect. This is from the FSC statement. The new restrictions do not directly address adult film production, and film permits are still being issued. However, adult film producers should use caution when shooting and review guidelines issued by the FSC and other health experts to help mitigate the risk of transmission on adult sets. The surge in cases is only expected to intensify in the coming weeks, and should the spread not slow, more dramatic restrictions could be issued. Please continue to be vigilant about following the COVID-19 production health and safety guidelines. Screen everyone for COVID-19 symptoms before allowing them on set. Maintain six feet of distance among everyone on set. That should be interesting to pull off. Wear a face covering and other appropriate personal protection equipment at all times. Have all people on set tested for COVID-19 as close as possible to the production date and report any potential on-set COVID-19 exposures to the FSC as soon as possible. Jackie and Michelle Group has announced the implementation of My18 Pass protection across its suite of adult pay sites following months of internal development. My18 Pass is currently being implemented on the entire group's network and will be available to every operator in the industry who would like to benefit from a handy and reliable protection system, a rep explained. This system will be able to check as soon as users arrive on a site that has adult content if the user is old enough through credit card-based verification. The rep noted plans are in the works to add ID-based verification to the process. 
My18 Pass is based on OpenID protocol, which allows users to authenticate themselves on several websites without having to remember logins for each one of them by using a unique user ID every time. By never recording or transferring any personal data, it guarantees a total protection for the users, said the rep. Thanks to this technology, the Jackie and Michelle Group benefits from an additional tool in order to ensure that no minor can easily access sensitive content. Visit my18pass.com for additional information about the service. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer for sale a novelty manufacturer and website with pop culture-themed silicone products. Their products are niche, yet relevant to mainstream audiences, and are incredibly shareable, as evidenced by the hundreds of articles written about the brand on outlets such as Playboy, Vice, BuzzFeed, Mashable, Penthouse, Lad Bible, Cosmo, Nerdist, Refinery29, Pop Sugar, and more. They also have a diehard community of more than 40,000 social media followers, in addition to their email list of over 10,000. All traffic to the website is self-created. No ads have been purchased. The traffic is all organic, social, and direct. This company can and has been run by two people part-time, and it could be scaled up or merged with a much larger company with very minimal effort. The company has incredible potential for expansion, but it also has a solid four years of history of year-over-year growth and a huge community of dedicated fans. All manufacturing equipment is provided with everything needed to continue running the business, including all product molds and related materials. Also included is about $50,000 worth of product stock. You get all this for only $675,000. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Suresh, the president of Chargeback Gurus. Suresh, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Thank you, Bruce, for having me on your podcast. Looking forward to answering your questions today. Me too. Now, Suresh is a certified e-commerce fraud prevention specialist, payments professional, and chargeback management professional who knows firsthand the challenges business owners face, especially when it comes to chargebacks and fraud. He works closely with card networks such as Visa and American Express on chargeback process optimization and policies. Chargeback Gurus has been in chargeback management over 16 years. They create custom chargeback prevention and management solutions. They work with many Fortune 500 companies as well as some companies in adult and have a staff of over 200 chargeback and fraud analysts. They identify the root causes of chargebacks, eliminate future fraud, and recover lost revenue. Now, now Suresh, um, we were just talking casually, and uh, you were talking about um, how you uh, came to the country and, and all that. So why don't you give us that story? Absolutely. I came to this country in uh, 2000 um, to do my master's at the University of Southern California. And uh, in 2003, me and my partner uh, started a business uh, where we were helping uh, businesses actually create revenues who are selling products online. 
And uh, throughout the process, actually, we were helping them, um, you know, identify their payment pain points, identify how they are losing money. And we were actually helping them fighting their chargebacks, helping them actually also determine how their fees are being billed by the uh, banking networks. And we used to help them optimize it. And uh, slowly we graduated into having a revenue call center where we were taking calls and identifying the areas where we can bring in more revenue for e-commerce merchants. And uh, chargebacks was, of course, the biggest pain point for a lot of our merchants. They didn't know how to solve the problem, and they were approaching us to solve the pain point. And at that time, there was no documentation available. You know, there was wow. no information available online. And we took the painful process of solving the problem. And uh, we were very successful in recovering the money uh, that merchants were losing due to fraud and disputes. And because we were so good at it, uh, merchants said, hey, why don't you start this as your own business rather than you <laughs> providing a customer service support because there are a dime a dozen customer service centers. We thought, you know sure. what? If the market is there, why not? And uh, we found that actually it was a multi-million dollar problem at the time. And now it has become a multi-billion dollar problem. It's constantly growing. So in 2014, we started Chargeback Gurus and started offering chargeback prevention and recovery solution as a unique product. And uh, we have been constantly growing. And just in the pandemic, we grew 250%. And uh, you oh know, we are God. steadily growing. We are very happy uh, that we have the opportunity to assist a lot of merchants who are bleeding money due to chargebacks and fraud. And you did this just a few years out of college. Uh, no, actually, I graduated in 2003, but I was actually, uh, you know, me and my partner started our own venture. Uh, we were in mm -hmm. the payments industry at the time. And in 2014, mm -hmm. uh, we started Chargeback Gurus. But ah. I, I was being an entrepreneur since 2003. Got it. Got it. Okay. Now, you've been in the industry now for over a decade. Do you have any uh, crazy chargeback stories you can share with me? Absolutely. Uh, one of the fascinating stories that a lot of, uh, you know, people find it so interesting is we had a diamond merchant and uh, he was actually selling a $30,000 diamond online. The customer actually purchased the diamond and he returned the diamond and he called the bank and said, hey, I returned the diamond. The merchant is refusing to give the money. So the bank thought the merchant is actually trying to scam the customer, but the merchant was not. The customer was a scammer here because he returned it with a yeah. fake diamond. And Oh, we were boy, when you said diamond, I saw that coming a mile away, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a fake diamond he returned. But thankfully, he reached out to chargeback gurus at the right time. So we were yeah. able to actually prepare all the right evidence and then convince the bank that actually the customer is at fault here. And he returned a fake diamond. And we also had a certificate from one of the uh, vendors who rated that this is a fake diamond. And thankfully, we were able to recover the money. And the merchant said, if they would have lost that money, he would have filed bankruptcy because he said Absolutely. he cannot roll $30,000 at a loss yeah. when he's wow. just starting his business. Oh, wow. Did the guy go to jail? Do you know? No, unfortunately, the laws are that's so that's, weak that's, for online, online scam. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can actually go to a retail store. You can actually, you know, if you happen to steal, you know, a small item, you can go to jail. But you can actually steal multi-billion dollars online. And because you are in a virtual location, it's very tough to prove the case and send you to jail. Unfortunately, the laws are so weak when it comes to online purchases. Yeah, well, that has to change. Now, and oftentimes now, it's an organized network, as you know. It's very challenging to trace oh, sure. the real person committing the fraud. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, if the laws did change, that would be bad for your business, wouldn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Now, now, why should merchants fight chargebacks in the first place? Great question. So I give a classic example. If somebody is actually coming to your house and they're trying to actually uh, get something out of you, you know, um, that is that is, you know, uh, legally yours. What will you do? You will try to fight it. Right. You will actually oh, I, call, sure. I call the police. <laughs> you will call the police or you will actually try to prevent the guy from actually taking the money out of you. Right. Or mm. any any valuable that you have in your house, you are going to try to protect yourself. It's the same thing happens, uh, you know, on the online space. When e-commerce businesses ask me, why should I even consider fighting a chargeback? One, you are sending a message to the fraudster that if you try to actually, you know, defraud me, I'm going to fight it and I'm going to get the money back so that it prevents him from doing it again. And the second thing is actually the cost of uh, running a business online is increasing every day, right? There is more and more competition. Adult space is super crowded. Your customer Mm -hmm. acquisition cost is constantly increasing. And adult merchants especially are looking for creative ways to add, increase their profitability. And one way for you to do that is by you fighting the chargebacks so that you can actually prevent the revenue loss from happening. Chances Mm -hmm. are when you have a competitor, they might not fight the chargeback. But guess what? If you fight the chargeback and if you're able to recover the money, you can use that money to actually acquire more businesses or more customers. You know, if you if you let it go, chances are this fraudster is going to keep coming back over and over. Try to defraud you because they know that you're not going to do anything about it. One, you can prevent the fraudster from committing the same mistake over and over. Second thing is you have an opportunity to get your money back or else you're going to lose the revenue there because you have already paid for the customer acquisition cost. You have paid for the video streaming that incurs a cost when you provide a streaming service to a customer. So this is a great opportunity for you to recoup your losses. That's right, and you've also paid. Uh, you also pay the chargeback fees as well. Absolutely, you have paid your chargeback yeah. fee, so you might as well fight it, and uh, you know recover your money and send a message to the fraudster. Absolutely. Now, what are some of the best practices for merchants with subscription or streaming sites? So there are two components, right? One is actually the prevention component. I always tell merchants, if you can prevent a chargeback, that's the best thing you can do. So we actually uh, created a solution where we partnered with a lot of banks. And unfortunately, in the payments industry, you cannot exceed a certain chargeback threshold. You know, you have to be between less than 1% chargeback. If you exceed right. 1% chargeback, then they shut your business down. And with the and other that keeps, space, And, that, and that's, that keeps going down, by the way. That, it, it keeps used to going be 2%. down. Exactly. Um, you know, it keeps going down every year because the card networks say, hey, now that there are so many fraud prevention tools available, we expect you to keep your chargeback ratio less than 1%. Previously, it was up to 1%. Now it's actually point So we worked out with a lot of banks where they notify us prior to a customer filing a dispute. And what we can do is we can issue a refund to these customers so that we can eliminate a potential dispute from happening. And this is a great service for a lot of adult businesses who are exceeding that 1% threshold. In order to safeguard their business, they say, you know what? I don't want to actually go through a chargeback for a $20 or a $30 subscription. They will just say, go and issue them a refund, and we will issue the refund and we'll prevent them from filing a dispute in the first place. That's the first solution that a lot of our actually merchants in the adult industry utilize. 
The second solution that I call it as the golden thing is fighting the chargeback. When I know that the merchant has provided the service, we have all the right evidence to prove that we have delivered the service and we have a digital proof that the guy actually downloaded the video or he has watched the video, then we will fight those bogus chargebacks and we can help them get the money back. So we offer a recovery yeah. solution. We also offer a prevention solution that is much needed for the merchants in the adult space. Now, uh, you told me what it's done for your business, but how has COVID-19 impacted the fraud landscape? Well, great question. And uh, as you all know, we have seen a spike in the transaction, especially in the adult space. Why? A lot of people are at home. They are not at yep. the office. They are at the liberty of watching porn when they are actually sitting in their home, right? So yeah. the amount of transactions have significantly increased and so does the fraud. You know, yeah. people think, you know what, I can actually pay for the subscription, but I can get my money back by calling the bank. Unfortunately, the banks don't do a great job in asking follow-up question. I can call a bank and say, I never authorized it, this is a fraud, and they won't even verify or cross-check anything with me, and they will simply accept the fraud. So we have also seen a spike in fraud. Why? Because unemployment rates were extremely high during the month of uh, March till June, and a lot of people who were thinking of you know scrambling for money they thought, okay, where can I get the money? Okay, I cannot make more money. Let me see where else I can do it. So they thought, you know, calling the bank and telling them that I never opted for the subscription can help them get the extra money. Some of them also filed a dispute for six months up to eight months of transactions. Mm -hmm. And the banks never asked them a question. Hey, what were you doing for eight months? Oh, I never checked my credit card bill. Just now I'm looking at it. Eight months I've been billed for this, and now I notice that this is a fraud. So we have seen customers filing a dispute up to eight months prior. Oh, so geez. we have seen a big spike in fraud chargebacks, especially during the COVID season. Well, and let's face it, it's always been the case where the banks don't seem to care if it's a Correct. fraud coming from porn. Absolutely. But what yeah. we have done is actually we have fought with the banks, we have fought with the credit card networks, and we have convinced them that, you know what, I understand there could be mistakes on both ends. There could be a bad merchant, there could also be a bad customer, but we have convinced them to accept certain evidence as valid evidence that can prove the innocence of the merchants. And especially in the adult industry, it can be tricky, right? Because everything is mm -hmm. online. There is no physical yeah. product being shipped. So now yes. the card networks and the banks are willing to accept digital proof as a valid evidence. So we are mm -hmm. in a position to use the evidence that adult merchants normally have as a digital footprint. And we collect those evidence, we put together our own package, and then we prove the innocence so that we can actually convince the banks to reverse the transaction. What we have also seen uh, in the past is when you are proving your innocence, right? When you are, for example, Chase Bank, when Chase sees that there is a merchant who is actually disputing the transactions, they are disputing mm -hmm. the chargebacks, and they are proving their innocence, they are more likely to approve your recurring transactions for other customers. Because mm. now they know you are a legitimate business. When merchants actually constantly write off chargebacks as a cost of doing business, what is the message you are sending these banks? The banks are mm. gonna think, oh, this must be a notorious merchant. They must be doing yeah. something bad, and that's why they are never disputing a chargeback. By so it actually it actually so so not having chargeback chargebacks actually helps your throughput. 
Absolutely. By you well, fighting chargebacks, you can prove your innocence. And that can also help you with your subscription billing as well, because banks are going to look at who you are, you know, and yeah, they're going to ask, yeah. what are you hiding behind the carpet that you're not telling me anything about your business? Your customers are filing a dispute and you're not doing anything about it. So it will have an impact on your recurring billing. Some of yeah. these issuers can blacklist you. If they blacklist Presume. you, then you yeah, won't be able to accept credit cards from anybody. Yeah, and you're presumed guilty. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't want to get on one of those blacklists. I I had a client who got blacklisted and lost his processing. Then he came to me and wanted to sell his website. Okay. And yeah. And so he had no processing. His sales went down to zero from a very high level. Mm-hmm. It was a bogus fraud claim. It wasn't about chargebacks, but he still got blacklisted. And it took him about a month to get off the blacklist so he could acquire processing again and not from the bank he was with, they wouldn't take it. So uh, yes. it's just, uh, it's a mess. You get on one of those blacklists, good luck. Absolutely. Your, your business your business just lost a huge percentage of its worth. True. When, when the merchant is approaching their chargeback threshold, sometimes mm-hmm. banks will tell them, hey, you need to give me a plan on how how is it you are planning on reducing the risk right now? What triggered to this risk? Why was your chargeback so high? So we work with actually merchants in the adult space when they are exceeding the chargeback ratios or when they are getting closer. We will put together a plan that they can actually submit to their payment processor. As a result, we can help them lower the chargebacks and we can also actually closely monitor them to ensure they have best practices to actually right. prevent some of these chargebacks. So, uh, you know, we work with their banks and helping them continue their business because the last thing you want to do is receive a letter from your processor stating that they can no longer accept, uh, you know, your, uh, uh, they, they can no longer accept you as a merchant. That can be very disastrous for your business. No, that's uh, that's not a good, not a good letter to have. Uh, why are, t- besides the, what we just talked about, why do you think chargebacks Chargebacks are such a big problem in adult. Well, um, as you know, um, you know, mostly I would say men are the one who are subscribing for this. And when their partner looks at the credit card statement and then the descriptor, as we call it as, uh, is not identifiable. And they ask this person, hey, what happened to this? Most of the men I can say will say, oh, I don't even know. I don't know what this is about. And then they don't want to admit that they have subscribed for this. So their immediate yes. thing is the partner will say, okay, call the bank and file a dispute and they will do it. You know, you are in a space where people don't want to openly admit that they are the ones opting for the subscription. As a result, you're going to see a lot of chargebacks. We call the adult industry the high-risk industry because a lot of people are going to be filing for chargebacks and there are ways you can prevent them and there are ways you can recover from it. And that's where companies, are, you know, a lot of companies hire us to do the work for them. Because at the end of the day, you have a business to run, right? You are experts at running your adult business. You're not experts at controlling fraud and chargebacks. That's where we come in and we are going to help you, you know, do your job better so that you are protected. Well, the best thing they could do, I would think, even as if they're a new website or if they don't have a chargeback problem, is bring you on and have you come up with a plan for them, right? You're just shielding, right? For example, mm-hmm. you buy a car, mm-hmm. 
you get insurance right from the first day. You don't say, oh, let me actually drive it for three months and then I'll get an insurance. The, you know, that's that's not going to help you. So you want to have the insurance right from the beginning. Same applies here as well. You want to have a chargeback protection under chargeback company right from the ghetto so that you are protected because what fraudsters are going to do is they're going to actually go after the merchants who have the weak spots. Right, because oh, they yeah. are an easy target, they can actually attack you immediately. They know the big ones are going to have the team, and they're going to have all the fraud prevention tools in place that can eliminate the fraud. But they're going to go to the smaller and the mid-sized merchants. They know that they are the weak spot, so you don't want to give them that opportunity. Yeah, they're going to test you. They're going to test you for sure. Um, yeah, how would someone decide whether or not to hire a chargeback management company like yours? Great question. So when it comes to prevention, right, unless and until you have a dedicated person who can provide you the advice and the strategies and know the tools, it can be challenging for you to do the prevention by yourself. And if you have mm -hmm. a dedicated person to do that, then it's going to be expensive because you yes, need to look at the cost versus benefit. You know, if yeah. you have, for example, $10,000 in chargeback losses, uh, I'm just throwing in a number, in a month, Sure. You don't want to pay somebody $7,000 to manage your chargebacks because having <laughs> a full-time person who's experienced in this industry is going to be expensive. And you might be paying anywhere between $7,000 to $10,000. At that time, you might as well just face the fraud rather than hiring the person. So that's where right. companies decide to hire companies like us because they don't have to pay the premium, but they get the best advice and the strategies because we don't have to spend a lot of time for you to pay that full-time price. You know, and that's okay. where they see the benefit. And as far as actually the recovery uh, is concerned, there is an art and a science, right? Every bank reacts differently when you send a dispute package to them proving your innocence. So right. you can have your in-house team, but under what cost? You have to train them constantly. And you cannot get a certified person because they are very expensive. You hire a lot of blue collar workers and there is a high turnover for these kind of jobs. So... Hmm. At one end, you wanted to run your business, and if you are going to be managing your chargebacks, then where are you going to have the time to run your business? And I always use a classic example. If you have a plumbing leak, go and hire a plumber as a consultant to come and fix it. Don't make them a full-time employee. <laughs> right? You, you people Sometimes, hire a plumbers full-time to fix the plumbing leak. Right. Sometimes and it's better to outsource. It's better to outsource because at the end of the day, your time is going to be well spent in growing your business and not to actually deal with the fraction of the problem, which is the chargebacks and fraud, and let the experts do it. Because at the end of the day, we are going to actually help you prevent more. We have the tools and the strategies, and we are also going to actually be less expensive than your in-house staff. Mm -hmm. Now, do you think anyone can eliminate 100% of their chargebacks? Absolutely not. The industry that we are in, we cannot eliminate 100%, but we can minimize at least 50% of the chargebacks if you have the right tools. And the rest of the chargebacks which are happening, we will help you recover the money by fighting them. Okay. So we will prevent what we can, and whatever we cannot prevent, we will fight it and we will get the money for you. So at the end of the day, we are going to actually get you the maximum recovery for chargebacks and fraud. Okay. And what are some simple things merchants can do to protect their business against chargebacks? So 
In the adult industry, I always actually tell the merchants that when you are sending an email confirmation to the merchant that these are the terms of the sale, this is when you're going to be billed for recurring billing, save a copy of those order confirmation emails because that is going to be the golden mm -hmm. evidence you need to win them to recover the chargebacks. And the second thing mm -hmm. is use a fraud prevention tool. Um, you know, if you are accepting massive amount of transactions, I would say if you are accepting more than 5,000 transactions a month, you definitely need a fraud prevention tool that can eliminate some of the fraudsters from using a stolen credit card. And the third mm -hmm. one is, uh, the simple thing is in your payment gateway, use the AVS and the CVV filters that can actually help you eliminate some of the stolen credit cards from being used. So these three strategies can give you some kind of actually recovery and prevention um, you know, on your transactions. Well, don't the banks all, all pretty much require 3D verifications now? Unfortunately, they don't enforce it. Really? Yeah, they don't enforce it. Some, you know, because in the uh, adult industry, uh, we consider the high-risk merchant space, right? Uh, when you work with the payment yeah. processor who's in the high-risk space, they don't enforce these policies that you need to accept AVS. Uh, you need to have AVS filter and CVV filter. They let the merchants decide. And whenever there is a new player in the adult space, they don't know all these things. You know, they're going to simply accept the transactions thinking they're secure, but they end up in a fraud and leading to revenue loss. Okay, excuse me, excuse me for being ignorant here, but wouldn't logic say that high risk merchants should be more likely to be required to do this stuff? Great question. So a lot of merchants <laughs> think if I have to enforce CVV and AVS, the address verification, then I might have to decline some customers. So they don't want to take yep. that risk because they think my cost of customer acquisition is going to go high. So I'm going to go ahead and actually, you know, disable those filters so that I can accept everybody uh, until it's too late for them. So, mm -hmm. you know, you got to be careful with that when you're starting your business or even if you're an established merchant, you need to look at your chargeback ratios. If your chargeback yeah. ratios are controllable, I, I can tell you with guarantee that at least you need to have one, one or, uh, you know, I would recommend both, but if you think you don't want to activate both the filters, at least have one filter on. If you disable both the filters, that's actually a disaster waiting to happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They can, um, they can prop, bots can probably get you at that point. Absolutely. And if you are paying, uh, you know, uh, affiliates, you know, in the mm -hmm. adult space, we have seen a lot of affiliates generating sale. These affiliates can also create bogus transactions. They oh, yeah. That they oh, can yeah. Get there's, away with it. there's a lot of affiliate fraud. Now, you help with that as well? Absolutely. We help them track oh, okay. the affiliate fraud. So, we had actually one of the merchants in the higher risk space. They hired a lot of affiliates, and there was one particular affiliate network which was creating more than 4% chargebacks. And we actually sure. warned them. The merchant didn't want to let them go. I, I, I told them, you have a, you have an option here. Either you can actually accept 4% chargeback, but your business will be shut down by next month. What do you want to do? <laughs> Finally, they let go of the affiliate. So we also help them track affiliate fraud. Good. That's, that's really good. You know, when you talk about the security of credit card transactions, it never ceases to amaze me how you can walk into a store and they don't require a signature a good deal of the time now. And I, you know, they, they talk so much about security and identity theft and this and that, but I don't think the card companies are really helping themselves. 
Well, right now, actually, you might have seen uh, in the credit cards, we have a chip integrated in the card, right? Yeah. So if you have you're running a retail store and somebody walks to your store and you ask them to insert the card rather than swiping, then the merchant is protected from fraud liability because okay. according to the card networks, they're saying nobody can clone a chip card. You know, it's very challenging. Well, so, they can't clone it, but they can steal it. Well, they can actually clone a card, but they can only use a magnetic stripe to process the transaction. And that's why they are telling all the merchants, don't accept magnetic stripe swipe. They are saying, right. make it. E they call it as EMV terminal, where you have to insert the card. And they are right. making it mandatory for all the merchants to have an EMV terminal. And that's mm -hmm. why a lot of this fraud is shifting online now, because it is very difficult for a fraudster to use a stolen credit card in a retail store. So yeah. they are shifting no, no, their yeah, and I, I understand all that, I and mean, I certainly know what what the chip technology is, but it still amazes me that they don't verify it with a signature anyway, because somebody could still steal your credit card and do a bunch of shopping. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, now, now, chargeback management is obviously a booming industry. Uh, there are other companies in the space, God forbid. Why would someone choose Chargeback Gurus over one of your competitors? Well, uh, uh, you know, you definitely want to work with a company who has been in the payments industry. Uh, obviously, a lot of people actually, uh, I mean, quite a few have been in this industry thinking, oh, I can even actually put together a Chargeback package, open a Chargeback company, and I can start offering the solution. Chargeback yep. management is way beyond putting together a package and fighting a chargeback. If you truly want to work with a chargeback management company, work with a company that has been in the payments industry. They know the 360 degree view of payments. That is very, very crucial. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they are the ones who can get you the best recovery. For example, you hiring the best lawyer versus a lawyer who just graduated out of college. Why? Because experience counts for itself. They know the ins yep. and out of how to defend your case. So that's a classic example I use when somebody asks, why should they go with you? And also, uh, you know, we come from a computer background and a data, uh, data analytics background. Mm -hmm. We have put together a solution such that it makes ROI sense. I tell my clients every month, you will see the ROI on how many chargebacks we have prevented for you, how much mm -hmm. money we have recovered for you. If what you are paying me is more then what I'm recovering you, you can walk away. We yeah. have one is to one guarantee that nobody has offered in this business so far because I always ask myself, will I hire my own company if I am a merchant right now? And if my answer is no, I wouldn't be in this business. And you because know what, and, and, and you know what, Suresh, there's so many people who don't look at it that way. What they look at it is everybody's a dollar sign and I want right. sales. And most people don't look at their companies that way. That's 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 the crazy part. And as a as a marketing guy from way back, it drives me nuts. So I'm glad to hear that. Absolutely, uh, I value the relationship uh, more than anything else. Our reputation, yep. uh, you know, uh, goes a long way. And we are hired by Fortune 10 and Fortune 500 clients. And the reason mm -hmm. why they are hiring us is because they have done all the due diligence. They have compared our, uh, our company with the rest of the players and they have chosen us. And obviously we all know enterprise companies go through a vigorous, uh, you know, vendor selection process. 
They yes. don't make selections like that. Sometimes it can be even six months to a year. And we have been their favorite mm-hmm. so far. It's because I tell them, I don't actually uh, go by emotion. I go by data. If the data yes. can prove that I'm doing a great job, that will speak for itself. And I yeah. tell my merchants that look at my data, don't look at me. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It should all be based on facts. Unfortunately, that isn't the way the world always works. Now, how has the chargeback landscape changed uh, in the time you've been in it? And where do you see it heading in the future? So when I actually started uh, in the, uh, I mean, started when we opened Chargeback Gurus in 2014, the chargeback at that time, uh, the global chargeback volume was anywhere between uh, five to six million, uh, five to six billion, sorry. And now we are actually approaching close to 30 billion. You can see the growth actually in the seven years. Um, mm-hmm. And it's because the e-commerce transactions and mobile transactions are increasing you know, increasing at a rapid pace. And even the traditional brick and mortar companies right now who have never thought of e-commerce are forced to think e-commerce because the COVID has actually changed the landscape. And mm-hmm. we all predict actually the COVID situation is going to continue until the end of 2021. So a lot of companies cannot withstand this kind of downtime and they have to think online. They cannot be just relying on brick and mortar store anymore. So the online transactions have tremendously increased and we have seen a 20% spike in chargebacks just during the COVID period. Yeah, I know you mentioned that. What is it now? I'm kind of curious. What's your revenue model? How uh, if uh, if someone does business with you, how are you paid for your services? Our services are very straightforward. We actually charge for every chargeback we prevent. I show them a proof that I have prevented a chargeback, and if I have prevented, you pay me for it. And for every chargeback that I touch, I actually I recover. Then you pay me mm-hmm. for it. It's very okay. straightforward. So it's uh, it's like on a percentage basis. Uh, actually, we go by a per chargeback basis. For every right. chargeback we prevent, you pay a fee. And for every chargeback that I defend for you, you pay a fee. But the guarantee that we give you is a dollar to dollar guarantee, which is for every mm-hmm. dollar you pay me, I guarantee I will at least get you a dollar in return. But oftentimes, mm-hmm. clients have seen 200 to 400% get, uh, ROI when they hire yeah. a service. And even even when you do do collection, it's on a it's on a fee basis, not a percentage. Yes, correct. Wow, that's a, that's a great deal. Absolutely, um, you know, a lot yeah. of merchants find it very valuable, and uh, oftentimes, actually, you know, merchants don't know uh, there is a there is a solution out there that can help them prevent fraud and chargebacks. Because for mm-hmm. all e-commerce businesses, this is one of the biggest challenges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and we are so glad we have helped a lot of businesses prevent bankruptcies. You know, when I hear mm-hmm. stories where I get calls from merchants saying, hey, you know what? You guys have helped me prevent bankruptcy. That makes our day. That makes our fight even more meaningful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I had an interview yesterday with a gentleman in the billing space, and uh, I asked him what the biggest challenge. I said, I remember when I was uh, a merchant uh, way back in the olden days. The biggest problems were fraud and chargebacks. I said, what are the biggest problems now? He said, fraud and chargebacks. <laughs> Guess it doesn't change. Yes. 
Yes, it's it's always the same. It's an ever-growing problem, and merchants have yes. to think creatively to solve the problem because the landscape is not going to be the same. We all know fraudsters are very creative. They are very smart. They try to outsmart the system and the strategies you have in place. So you need a team who can constantly think for you so that you can think on growing your business, not solving fraud and chargebacks. Great. So Rash, I'm sold. How can someone get started with chargeback gurus or just find out more about your business? Absolutely. They can always visit our website, chargebackgurus.com, or they can email us, win at chargebackgurus.com, which is win at chargebackgurus.com. And uh, they can, you know, let us know what their challenges are. And uh, we get back to them within one business day and we'll put together a team to solve their uh, payment pain points pretty soon. That's awesome. So, Rash, I'd really like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk. And I hope we'll get a chance to do this again really soon. Uh, Bruce, I'm th- uh, you know, I want to thank you for having me on this uh, podcast. I really enjoyed it and uh, look forward to assisting your merchants and uh, you know, continuing our relationship with you. My broker tip today is part seven of how to buy an adult website. Now, last week we talked about the agreement and escrow. So now you own the website. What do you do now? The first thing you should do is make sure you understand everything about the operation of the site. The previous owner will hopefully be available for a period of time to help you with this. As I mentioned last week, you should establish what the former owner's participation will be after the sale. You'll need to deal with production of new content, processing, paying affiliates, and many other things. If you don't have experience in these things, you may want to consider our general consulting firm, Adult Business Consulting. You can get more information on what this company does at adultbusinessconsulting.com. We help website owners project manage and guide them to the right vendors. Maybe the previous owner had all the right elements, processing, hosting, payments, production, scripts, etc., or maybe they didn't. We can help evaluate that for you. Let us know if we can help. Anyway, you'll now be operating the website. If you don't have someone like our general consulting company to help, evaluate all of these items and everything the site is spending money on and using to operate the website. Make sure you're getting a good deal and that these companies are providing the right service and check to see if you can do better. Hosting is a great example on something where people are often both overpaying and not getting the right service. Many times the server is just too slow. If you have any questions about any of this, feel free to reach out to us on our website. Next week, we'll talk about how to sell a website. And next week, we'll be talking to Jason Maskell of Maskell Limited. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Suresh Dakshina of Chargeback Gurus. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman. <laughs>